This is Life Elsewhere, created and hosted by Norman B. guest is a musician a I, I'm you know I was trying to think about how I'm going to describe Pen- Penelope traps I, I'm going to put it over to you Penelope welcome to life elsewhere hello uh, yeah how would you describe myself <laughs> <laughs> um, I I'm a musician uh, I often say like a soundscaper um, I think of myself very much as an artist as much as a musician um and yeah I just sort of kind of drift into sort of like the ether when I am very ethereal at times um yeah perhaps that's it in a nutshell because it can go anywhere from there well what I'm going to do is ask you to select a bit of music uh, maybe one or two pieces throughout the conversation uh, but, but I I want to let my listeners know that I've played your music on the program a number of times over the last I don't know a couple of years or so I think you first mm. came to my attention with Eel Drip that's the one oh. that I think I think I first I don't know if somebody sent it to me I don't know I can never remember how I how I yeah. receive things. You know, I get all kinds of things sent. Anyway, Eel Drip caught my attention. And then I saw the video that Agnes, what was the name of the, of the person that shot that for you? Yeah, I, I work closely um, with Agnes House. 
Um, yes. We co-direct and sometimes I let them direct um, all the visuals for my project. We've right. known each other for a long time, so we sort of have this symbiotic way of working together. Right. I'm going to let my listeners know that I'm going to put a link up to Eel Drip on our site, if that's okay with you, because I think it's really important that people see that if they haven't seen it already. But Mm. Penelope, let's go back in time just a little bit. Let's talk about you, where you're from, because I hear that accent as you (laughs) probably know. Accents are kind of this, you know, people hear accents. So let's start with just give a little background. Sure. Yeah, born and raised in Australia. Um, Whereabouts? I I was born in Sydney, but my parents moved us to more rural Australia, up by Byron Bay, near Byron okay. Bay. Okay. Yeah. Which is uh, subtropical rainforests, beautiful beaches, etc. Not not the not too shabby, <clears throat> although a little bit boring when you're a kid. It's sure. It's, <laughs> I have I have happy memories though, and um. And I, after university, I just, I left, I traveled and I haven't really lived back there since those days. I spent 15 years in the New York City area. Ah. <clears throat> Excuse me. My daughter um, was born in Jersey City. Um, so I was there. And then I ended up here in the UK about eight years ago. And yes. I'm currently based in Brighton, which is just south of London. Yep. And I was in London and I was in London for six years. So. Yes. I, 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 once again, I often mention to my listeners that have never been to Brighton, that Brighton really is, a, I think, just a magical place. There's something about Brighton. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what it is. It, it's, I, I, I often yeah. think it's the... It's the the Prince Regent's Palace. This has had something to do with it. The, you know, the lanes, the backs. I, I there's something yeah. about it. There seems to be a creative well, energy there. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of like this magical suburb that is somewhat London because there's yes. a lot of what they call DFLs down from London. Yes. Um, or or blow-ins. They call them um, a lot of Lon- a lot of Brightonians are not originally from Brighton, right? Um, and you know, I think in a country that's quite often grey, it's it's rather nice to be by the sea, um, and I think that double sun effect on the sea because it's south facing, so you get this when it, the sun comes out, it's rather special. Yeah, you're right. The lanes, which for those that don't know, are these little sort of uh, um, a bit sort of like diagonal alley or whatever, a bit Hogwarts sort of vibes, like windy little alleyways with all these amazing little shops and boutiques and sell. You can pretty much get anything you need um, within a couple of blocks. Uh, It's a real sort of condensed village, but it could almost be like a movie set at times too. Yes. And yes, one quick, one quick other thing about Brighton. Brighton has a beach, a famous beach, and and yes. I think there's only one pier remaining now. Yeah, but the other one the, burnt down. Yeah, the, but the beach, people sit on the beach in deck chairs. But what's the really amazing thing about it is that it's huge pebbles. There's no sand yeah, or anything no like sand. that. It's it's and people <clears throat> just flock to it. Okay, oh, enough yes. about 
enough about and I Brighton. swim I swim in the sea there sometimes too but it's never oh my warm. goodness it's yeah it's <laughs> really cold yes Penelope Traps is my guest. She is a musician. She's a filmmaker. She's a, a creative person, does lots of things. And I want to get into that, talking about the things that you do. Your music caught my attention because, well, ethereal is one word that I sort of floated around with. But I, I really don't like putting things into genres. I rather like, you know, it is what it is. So let's talk about you getting into music. So here you mm. are in Australia. You go to New York. You've got a daughter. You go to England, <laughs> London, Brighton. Where did the music thing start? Uh, well, I suppose music was always around me as a kid. My parents were, you know, either really into show tunes or jazz or classical. <clears throat> and I... Uh, I studied piano a little bit when I was younger, but I wasn't really into the theoretical aspects of music. And then I did have this voice, so I uh, just took some lessons. I always loved to sing. I, I just I was just always sort of getting into choirs or school musicals or whatever I could get my hands on. And then I started studying um, voice properly. And um, I went on to do private study at the Queensland Conservatory with a famous Australian tenor and was doing opera for a while. And But I was like, I'm just not an opera person. It requires so much dedication yes. to the art. Um, and so I, I opted to just, <clears throat> I guess I kind of at that point started free flowing in life I, I was a little bit lost very much a 20 something um and when I landed in New York I mean that whole there was a it was a bit of a pause and when I landed in New York I knew I really wanted to get back into my music again and the person I was seeing at the time was um studying at the Manus School of Jazz at New School and um I was hanging out with all the jazz peeps at new school and just sort of getting into jazz I studied um with Sheila Jordan who I don't know if you're familiar with her yeah. she did um had, and she was used to tell me stories about hanging out with Charlie Parker and it was like this really great little moment I'm like here I am I'm in yeah. New York and I'm hanging out with these people um but then I met someone and they had done drum and bass and we were like let's put our heads together and we were both really big fans of Portishead and and then we just sort of started making music together and writing together and then fast forward to the last since I moved to the UK because we did a bunch of stuff together and then when we moved to the UK we both were like let's you do your thing and I'm going to do mine and I was coming into a stage of my life where I really wanted to talk musically so to speak about my journey as a woman um, as a mother and all the stories so I sort of um, it started with I rented a tiny little piano studio in East London in Hackney and I took my laptop a microphone and I just sat and and just like re did all these recordings and just here I am now, 
so I can fast forward there. No, it's it, it, it's a terrific story. I've just got I've got this image in my mind of this one point in time in New York where you're sort of embracing the whole idea of of jazz and 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 it, it must have been tempting for you to go off in that direction at one point or another definitely because i feel like i always you know it was one of those musics like nina simone or ella fitzgerald they were my teachers when i was in australia in the isolated white <laughs> colonial community yeah and um and i and you know i think for a lot of australians we that's a problematic thing for us and and that's why we i think a lot of us travel and um and to then be sort of coming into new york and trying to understand the history of of the country yeah. um the true history of the country through music so it was sort of this continual theme for me but um Again, it's a little bit like I'm a bit of a free spirit. So yes. jazz, like classical, is often caught up in theory. And I'm more, especially these days, um, going experimental and very free form. Yes. And I think that's where I was heading. So I needed to not go down the <laughs> technical aspects. Let's take a musical interlude. And you choose a piece of music um, because I want to get in. I want to talk about lyrics and words. And I'll explain in a minute, but let's choose a piece sure. of music and then, then we'll talk about lyrics. Okay. So um, the piece I am going to suggest is Entangled. Yes. And it's um, the release or it's the lead single from my upcoming album which is out in april um heavenly spheres and should i talk about the song now sure or, talk about it Mel. Well, just just a little bit and then we, well i'll talk yeah. a little bit and then you can yeah. ask yeah yeah uh, um basically i spent two weeks in um a writer's residency in suffolk which is north uh, northeast of London, about two hours, three hours on the train yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it's a residency that's connected to Benjamin Britten and Peter Pierce, who oh. are um, very sort of um, magnanimous in the arts as well as creators. And so that, anyway, I spent two weeks there alone in the house of Imogen Holtz, who was the daughter of the... Gustav Holtz. Yes. And um, it was an eerie and immersive two weeks of being in complete solitude in this woman's basically like a museum. Uh, her library was fascinating. Like there was just so much to absorb. So I spent two weeks there with her piano Um microphone sort of very similar to how I started and but I this time I had a an old German reel-to-reel -reel and just experimented with recording all sorts of unusual sounds from the piano or from the tapes or yeah. like slowing things down and yeah just and then this is one of the pieces that came out of something like 35 pieces 
Here, here it is then. This is Penelope Traps. This one is called Entangled. And this is Life Elsewhere. Penelope Traps. That piece is called Entangled. Penelope is my guest. I'm fascinated by people that go their extra length to really put out what they believe in. It seems to me, and I'm gonna, I don't want to speak for you, but I think this is what fascinates me about your work, is that you seem to really have a sort of almost devotional slant to what you're doing. And, and slant maybe is not the right word to say, but you seem to me like you really believe in what you're doing. I don't think that comes across with everybody these days. I, I don't know. Just give me a little back on that. What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think for me personally, uh, it's like if I'm going to commit to something, I should be 100% into it, De devoted, yeah. I mean, it becomes that pieces of art, whether you're a, a photographer or a painter or a musician or whatever, it's like they become extensions of your your energy, your yeah. your essence. You you put yourself into it. So, you know, I'm I'm mature and I've lived X Y Z and I've I feel quite confident with 
what I've seen and done and and I have feelings or like it's it's I, like I said oh, feelings is so banal um, yes yes it's no. more it's I keep coming to the term energy or essence I think yes. it's just like you're channeling you're channeling something that you've felt gone through seen heard um and you put it in and yeah and then I think it just it's respect to life to do it in the most devoted sense and it doesn't have to be just music does it it could be many facets of creativity yes so your introduction to entangled leads me very nicely into talking about lyrics talking about words because i'm always trying to i always hesitate when i go into sort of some of these sort of tangents but would you consider yourself to be a poet in quotes Ah, yeah. So, what is uh, truly a poet? Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I think when I was younger, I used to dabble with what would be poetry in yeah. in a very loose sense. But um, I'm definitely not um, trained, shall we say, in the all the cadences, uh, etc., and the, and the knowledge of poetry. I mean, I just I'm going to digress a little about that. Yeah. I, I went to PJ Harvey, was doing um, a spoken word performance of her latest book, Orlam, which is her poetry, um, and it's phenomenal. Um, she uh, was talking about how she went off and studied poetry with, um, I can't remember the poet, for like something like three years. He was her mentor, and she dedicated herself to it. So I'm, I would say... PJ is definitely a poet at this point. I like the aspects of um, imagining a sort of poetry yes. uh, that I'm exploring sound in word. And I, I often find myself exploring etymology online. So I'm very fascinated in where words come from. Um, there's music in certain words. So it's it's a bit more broad. Penelope Traps is my guest. She is a musician who lives in Brighton in the south coast of England, originally from Australia, making music that I've played on the program a number of times now. And and I, I, I've got to tell you, the albums that you've put out, Penelope 1, Penelope 2, and this recently Penelope 3, thoroughly enjoyed. These are, these are works that I think you can listen to in one sitting. I, I like to sometimes dip in and out of things. I got to ask you about the title penelope three i'm i'm wondering if penelope tree means anything to you oh i wish that was my name yeah 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 <laughs> i love trees penelope tree i remember discovering her when i was a teenager just going wow she's really cool yes. look at those eyes um and i do like the and i i have a i have a cat called three and I often call her tree. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. So yeah. I mean, just just as a side note, I was in my in my youth in New York, my first venture mm. to New York, and I was invited to a dinner one night, and who should be there but Penelope Tree? And I got to tell you, I it's the <sighs> only struck. other the oh, yes, yes, the only. I mean, I, I I was really actually starstruck and sort of like in lust you know you know i mean you, you just like She's oh gorgeous. my yeah exactly all right enough about my <laughs> terrible youth yeah so, so penelope 
one of the things that fascinates me about you and what I've seen from what you're doing is that you've got, and you've sort of touched on it, you've got other interests, this sort of social and cultural issues that I've seen you talk about in tweets. And mm-hmm. I'd like you to go into that a little bit. Just tell us what you what you feel you'd like to share. I feel like, I think when you're in art in any form, you you're observing you're observing life going on around you and you're hoping to potentially mirror something of that that's coming back through you. So whether it's environmental issues, war or um, social politics, politics, um, I mean, try not to get too into the political landscape, but um, I think... I slowly but surely, I think the overall world climate, and I don't mean that in a literal sense, I mean everything, is changing and um, it's dismantling and it's going to need to be rebuilt into some sort of new world, more holistic and more loving. And um, so if something ruffles my feathers and, yeah. and it's an, an indicator of, the thing that we're saying goodbye to or something that inspires me and it's like here's the hope in in someone's actions or what have you so i i think being like i said at the beginning i think being aware of the world that you live in you know and and i'm not a big fan of the owner of twitter but using it as a platform to share and to create community and reach other artists or fans and have discussions about these things yes do you think uh, that artists creative people should express their political views should it's an important part of what they do or uh, you mentioned something about politics and not getting into that so much but how much do you think that a creative it is tricky isn't it so let Mm. me give me give, give me penelope's take on to be honest yeah yeah yeah. my my take on it is i don't think you can ignore it um you know think especially in the last five to ten years i mean you living here in the uk you know we are now under the influence of post-brexit you know the decision for the government here to remove themselves. I mean, leaving America, we moved to the UK, not to the UK. We moved to Europe and suddenly we were no longer in Europe. And it was like, what? So that, I mean, personally had massive ramifications to the decisions that we had made. So I think it's, it's, for me, it's pretty impossible to put my head in the sand and avoid politics. Yes. Um, when I was 20, I tried to avoid politics. I didn't think about it, you know. I was just a young kid. But uh, I think the world has changed and it's important to to be honest with ourselves about the system and is it working or not working. And people of in privileged positions won't need to feel like they have to talk about it because they're, <clears throat> they're just – they're okay <laughs> they're, yes. things are good and yeah. you know it's the ivy tower scenario you know they're they're forgetting about all the other people so i think as a when you 
involved in arts in any way it's an empathy thing isn't it you know you you care about others and politics something has to change you know like in order to care for people yes so important <laughs> I mean, so well so said. i won't yeah. not talk about it i guess yes you know you probably remember ian dury's wonderful song sex and drugs and rock and roll mm. and I remember having a conversation with David Bowie one time and I said, do you believe in rock and roll, David? And he said, yes. And he said, and I believe in sex as well. And it's like, and, and I said, what about the drugs? He said, well, of course. <laughs> so these are like, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, and yes. And I'm throwing this in out to you because it's something which in the creative world, and particularly in the music business, sex and drugs and rock and roll is sort of like a, is a, is a go-to if you like. But in the world of Penelope Traps, with the, with the music that you make and the creative music that you make, and I'm not don't don't misunderstand me here. I'm not asking you to tell me about your sex life or your drug life or or whatever. <laughs> but, but but do you think that that is something which is misaligned? The whole idea of of you know that sort of rock and roll lifestyle when we're talking about music experiment but particularly in the experimental field which i think we can sort of safely say that's where we can sort of if we had Fearing. to sort of put it yeah 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 a general term yeah word. yeah so so that that sort of life those lifestyle choices perhaps they they relate to a time and a place and an, <clears throat> and an individual excuse me i've been talking a lot lately that's okay yeah <laughs> Um, so a time and a place and an individual and how they've navigated their way, whether it was sort of a bit nihilistic. I mean, in my youth, I was a bit like that. And it's sort of maybe it's just self-exploration. Yes. You know, like, and um, if you are trying to understand your body, your life, your history, your presence, your where where you feel you belong in the world that you're living in, all those sort of things. But I don't I think nowadays being more mature, I'm more like it's about honoring the body and it's your temple and just sort of being yeah, just sort of taking better care of oneself. Sexuality is not the word. Gender identification is not quite right, but there's something in your work that seems to touch on those areas. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put it to you directly. Is that, is that a deliberate thing or is that just me reading into it? So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess my, um, my work is a little bit more pertaining to gender identity um, and um, sexuality, perhaps to a lesser degree, other than I think of sexuality as an energy, as I was talking about earlier. Um, it's like a vital life force that you know we can express ourselves and and it's a love thing as well very much um but in regards to the the role of women in in the music industry and um, mature women in the music industry and so I guess I it sort of it becomes these slightly blurred lines when I present myself in this sort of Francesca Woodman, very confrontational photography. And it's sort of, so I guess it starts to challenge the perspectives of 
how to see a woman. Yes. When you use the natural human form. So gender stuff is the predominant side of things that I guess I'm trying to address what it means to be a woman and um, in a society that isn't necessarily historically built for women my age or to be doing such challenging things. Um, so, yeah, I guess does that answer the question? Yes, and it makes me want to ask you another question leading on from that because and you just talked about age. Mm. And I want to get into age in just a moment, but before we mm. get to that, does it surprise you that here we are in 2023 and things like sexuality and gender are headline news i mean it i i just from my perspective it seems like hold on a second didn't we already get to that didn't i just well people certain people did and i think certain people you know in the 70s you know it was really sort of brought up and but then there was there's so many structural um, things within society, and I guess it you know it applies to people that essentially are not white either. You know, like as yes. much as as much as we are aware, and many of us have grown and learnt and and try within our own minds broken things down and come to a sense of understanding. But there is there's still so many people just within the Western world, let alone outside of in the developing world, you know, cultural situations, religious situations, where there's these structures that still perceive certain women should be doing, or just women should be doing this, the man does this, and that it's very binary and that it's just, I mean, that's the other thing if we start going into, you know, um, identity that it's not it doesn't have to be binary you know correct and this also goes back to something you just said age because here you are and and i hope this is not impolite is that you are a woman of a certain age you don't mm-hmm. pretend to be a, a teeny bopper you're not you know mm-hmm. i mean but <laughs> having having said all of that and this is something which i have talked about with with other uh, creative people mm-hmm. about how much that three-letter word is important in our lives. Age. It, I mean, it oh, really yeah. is a oh, strange. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, you can say sex as well. I mean, sex <laughs> equals age. Age. I mean, yeah. In some respects, you can intertwine it, right? Some people do, and I. Yeah. Um, and that's that's why it's funny. My brain went back into the past question. The music industry, shall we say, it's developed in the 50s and 60s was like about uh, marketing, really, wasn't it? You know, yes, the, the, yes. The invention, the invention of a teenager, like there wasn't even such a thing. It was like you were a right. child and then you were an yeah. adult and that was it. Yeah. So this, this essentially this corporate machine was like, ooh, <laughs> ka-ching, um, with Elvis Presley, et cetera. So you've got this machine that expects you to behave that way, but you've got people who are artists who want to just be considered the same as 
I mean, you know, name your film director or your visual artist who's still going to the day they die. I mean, yes. there's this uh, artist, Louise Bourgeois. She was living in Manhattan and creating um, phenom- her, her um, exhibit at, I forgot the name of the gallery, it was Hayward Gallery here in London. Mm-hmm. Louise Bourgeois was phenomenal and prolific and really didn't kind of start her work until after her husband died prematurely at the age of like 44 or something. And she lived to the, till something like 90 years of age and she had all this work, you know, and it got better and better. That's my theory on it. It just keeps getting better and better. Do do you think Penelope in the world of, once again, for sake of, you know, discussion with in the world of sort of experimental creativity, is it less important about age and 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 and, and sex and sexuality and gender mm. and whatever? Is it more fluid in that respect, or is there still these sort of barriers? Are there still these kind of unwritten sort of, I don't know, rules and regulations and kind of sort yeah. of? No, I think I think the the beautiful thing about the people that I know that work within this broad genre <laughs> umbrella or whatever. Yeah. Uh, less like about borders and 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 um know, expectations. You're you're quite free to to do as you please. And I think everyone is is probably if you were to sit down at a table with people and they would be actively saying these dis- having these discussions like we're having now and yes. it, you know, it got brought up because because yeah, I mean it's not like when you make this sort of art, music or what have you, that you're you're in, you're really in it for the money, like you know. And the money, the which is the capitalist society, is stuff that really thrives on you know sexuality and and, yeah. and uh, image and 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 getting all this stuff to to box you in. To something whereas if you decide to opt out of that box yes you you're free and i think it that's when you can tap into more pure creativity yeah <clears throat> let's play another piece of music here's one i hope you like my suggestion here this one's called a seagull learns to sleep alone we'll talk about it afterwards and also I want you to think about about another question mm. and 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 that is we here we are in 2023 things of you know the world is in a funny state right now and i'm i'm wondering for you for for penelope traps where you see yourself going do you have any specific ambitions for what you're doing creatively so let's play the music we'll come back and talk about it and then answer that question yeah Mm-hmm. 
Penelope Traps is my guest, and that's some music from Penelope titled A Seagull Learns to Sleep Alone. Interesting stuff there. For I think a lot of my listeners are going to be saying, what's that about? A seagull <laughs> learns to sleep alone. What's it about? If if you if you mention it, if you start with the title, so I mentioned earlier in the interview, I stayed in Imogen Holtz's um, home that she'd lived in yeah. for something like 30 years and she had this amazing array of books in her personal library that became inspiration for me lyrically quite um, a lot of it was quite sort of uh, poetic I suppose some of it was poems and I believe I've just one of the books that I delved into was Japanese poetry um, not haiku it was another style I can't remember offhand and and that was one of the lines that just popped out to me because I was in complete solitude yes and and yet, you know, the symbolism, I mean, it's the seagull. It's something that I was I'm surrounded by them all the time here in Brighton. And um, I was coastal during this time. And um, I really hadn't been alone for, poss- like, in this manner, so focused on just creating alone two weeks because I'd been a mother and my daughter had been with me all the time yes and then so you know it was so yes symbolism in the in the title there okay let's go on to my my question about the future for you Mm. are are there things that you you go "Mm, i've got to do this is there something that that penelope traps strives for is there is, is there something that in your realm of of what you're doing creatively that you go i must do this before whatever yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> um, I suppose there's many things. I, but I'd like. Well, right in the more forefront of my brain is um, I want to kind of go a little bit back to where I began with opera. I, I'm kind of interested in really um, exploring the voice in in many of its. Um, capacities again and also um, like uh, overtone singing where you you get your throat not so much so sort of more influenced by Buddhism Um, so the different when they get those this I don't even I have to research it but you know when you sing more in their throat and then they get this overtone like a whistle tone or something anyway just exploring essentially um, the voice's capacity and really exploring um, that, and I, I guess in a meditative way, but also a challenging way because, yeah, I think for me personally that's a learning curve that I want to do. And and there are other things, but I just, I suppose I would like to, on an overall picture, I would like to imagine society more at large um, broadening their listening um, palette because it's sort of I, I feel like it just helps one with you know your own perspectives on things mm. I mean because I'm I'm relatively late to going more experimental but the more mature I've become the more I want to go sort of yes <laughs> out there, yeah you know, yes challenge. 
Which leads me to ask you about performing. I know, I think you said earlier in the conversation that you were performing last night. Mm -hmm. For you, for Penelope Traps, is this something you enjoy? Is this something that you look forward to? Or or is it a, a necessary part of what you do? Uh, I I adore performing. Yeah. Um, I do get very nervous beforehand, but I look for ways to calm myself down. And then once I'm on stage, it just slots in. I think as a child, I was a performer, you know. Just oh. like, so it was like, you know, do you want a four-year-old me? is like, oh, I'll be the princess, you know, <laughs> when Santa comes to town, um, stuff like that. So I do think, and I and I think on the in the bigger picture that performing is a way that you can actually reach the people in the room and, like, a highlight of last night's show was, I mean, it was at Cafe Otto, which is kind of this notorious London space and then very embracing of more experimental stuff. And and in in the packed house, it was sold out because I was part of a, a bigger picture, um, there were these two teenagers that had come with their father, I'm guessing, and one of the young girl, the young girl came up to me afterwards and was like, "Oh my God, you were performing! I, I just, I, I saw all these visuals." I, I, and she started telling me about all the visuals stuff that she and she was, yeah. it was like way out there. She was probably all of about sixteen. Uh huh. And I was like, "Wow, you know, like yeah." You and then and then someone else like the way you can move an audience to tears, yes. or they can have these moments. Where, because my my last set last night is um, it is in the sort of more drone like um, meditative state, and uh, you know people go off into these yeah. other realms. Yes, whilst they go into the zone with you, and and reaching, and that therefore creates a sense of a community. You know, and I think that's the love that we need to nourish. Collaborations are important for you, aren't they? Yeah, that's part of the again what I just I think that sense of community and then and the nourishing the the bigger picture. Yes. Yeah, I've now, I hear in your voice, Penelope, I hear uh, uh, um an enthusiasm. I hear somebody <laughs> that's got a very positive attitude. Am I right? I think so. I'm, yeah. I feel like 2023 is very exciting. Yeah. Like, I feel like some, there's been a shift. There's been some kind of change. I mean, I'm, I guess, I guess I've worked quite hard to get to this point, though. You know, like it's like life throws curveballs at everyone. And, yeah. you know, you, I, I don't, I just don't wake up in the morning. You know, I, I have my, I have my uh, rituals that I do to, keep things even killed sure of course yeah. are you optimistic it sounds like you are i think generally in the bigger picture yes yeah. i mean obviously there's crazy stuff that goes on out there and and there could you could be you know you could really get caught up in it but yes. um yeah i think so i mean it, it ties into what i was saying earlier about community and and connection and 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 essentially love in that sort of bigger sense that um i believe that that's what it's really all about 
So, you know, and you get to express it. And it's, it's hard not to be optimistic when you're in that zone. Yes, yeah. I want to go back to, to collaborations for a moment. Hmm. You've worked with different people over the years. You've you've co collaborated on movies, uh, all, all kinds of things. Mm. I'd like to like to find out if there's if there's somebody, maybe there's an artist or a, a creative person that maybe you've you've followed their career, or maybe they're dead now. But somebody you go, oh, I would love to have collaborated with. I would love to have sung their music or worked with anybody that comes to mind when you when when you think about somebody you'd really really love to work with, dead Oof, or alive. That's a really hard. I know, I know. Yeah. So, I think of well, currently. Yeah. And I'm slightly obsessed with the first track on the Tar soundtrack by Hilda Goodner, daughter. Oh, interesting. Yes. Yeah, and she sings the song. It's called "For Petra," and I swear to God, I think I must have. I'm thinking. I'm trying to learn it because I really want to sing it. Um. <laughs> And so I would love to work with her because I, I, I often have a cellist on stage with me and the cello is one of those instruments because it covers the full yes. range of human oh, voice. Yes. It, yes. It, it's something yes. very similar. Yes. And, and yes. Hilda's work is phenomenal. I also have a very strong connection to Iceland because I was married there. So I, you know, it's just like, so she would, tick the boxes I mean I was thinking Bjork at first but I don't think I could she's too Bjork is too amazing but That's and she's interesting. Doing, yeah. well yeah. I mean if she actually I would like to be in a band with her ah yes. <laughs> you know what I mean like she can she can lead and maybe I'll be like one of her choir members just you res resonate do you ever feel like you want to reach out to, like like Bjork uh, 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 or, or anybody for that matter? Do you ever feel like you want to reach out? Do you, uh, and and actually, have you done that? Have you ever reached out to people that you really that you don't actually know but you admire? I have, but maybe not on that scale. Because ah. um, I I did see Bjork in a, a a lobby before going to see Craftwork when I was in Reykjavik. And it was a force field of like, do not come near her and her <sighs> friends. And, yes. and and it was a respectful force field. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, and if it's meant to be, it will be. Um, stars align, all that. Uh, Hilda, I have thought about reaching out, like finding who her management is. And maybe I'll sing for Petra and put that in the email. So the, the creative side of things visually for you, and, and you're very involved in that, and it's important to you how your work looks from a visual mm -hmm. point of view. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, I was, I was when I, before we met, I um, started chatting. I was talking about how visual art, like going to galleries, is almost like this sort of point where something changes in my brain and I, I, I get inspira inspiration that may not come at the time, but later visuals really trigger ideas. Um, whether and then it could be a gallery, or it could be a movie, or or um, famous photographers that I've been a fan of. Mm. And then they start and and mythology, often like stuff like that, kind of will like 
Ildrip was about, uh, I think Morgana was the Celtic goddess of essentially like death and rebirth. And so, you know, it's things like that. But then you start to get a visual yeah, on yeah. that. And um, Francesca Woodman, the photographer, had a whole um, thing of eel photos. Yes. Series, her eel series. And so that was very much an homage to that in the video. And I just think it helps. I mean, it's kind of a little bit sad that in, t- in terms of the industry, that the music video is somewhat dying off. I'm not sure if you've heard or it, it's just because of TikTok and and um, essentially the, everything's fast and they've only got like 30 seconds max and nobody's going to spend five minutes to sit and watch it. Yeah, that's that's an area that you and I could talk about. I think for a, a couple of hours. Another because hour. Yeah, yeah, that's a. Hot, <laughs> but I agree with you. I want to ask you about listening to music. For you these days, you obviously your daughter. She's younger. There's mm-hmm. lots of I think, and I you know my music show features predominantly young people. I think there's just amazing talent coming up. Absolutely. But then the, and then there's people like yourself. I have to let you know that in playing your music on the on the show, I've had incredible feedback. I want to give you an example. Oh, there's a, a lady in Ireland um by the name of Miriam Ingram who is an absolute fan of yours, wrote to me and said, Who is this? This and she herself makes extraordinary music with her son i should send you a link it does seem to me that there's so much opportunities these days what what do you think about that yeah well i think it's it's all about trying to educate and share and and yeah like i mean there are opportunities by radio but i do and then i know you were saying you're optimistic but i do get a little bit frustrated because of things like Spotify playlists or um, and yes. just algor- algorithmic yes. issues yes. that some people are actively searching, like Miriam, and, and to find and and connect with other things. But there are a lot of people out there that are just sort of on the treadmill of what's served to them. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking with you. Let's regroup sometime. Let's let's do yeah. it again. Whenever I would love you- that. Yeah, that that would be fantastic. And how much I really enjoy what you're doing creatively. Thank you. Yeah, that means a lot. I mean, it's it's but to be an artist is a labor of love, isn't it? You know. You take care of yourself, Penelope. You too, Norman. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for joining us at Life Elsewhere. It was a pleasure. All the best.
You have been listening to Life Elsewhere, created and hosted by Norman B. Life Elsewhere is written and produced by Norman B. Guest booking and additional research by Stephanie Lane. Behind the scenes assistance by James Van, Bruce Goodman, and Allison Klein. We love to hear what you think about Life Elsewhere. Send your questions, queries, and comments to info at lifeelsewhere.co. That's C-O. Thank you.